and welcome to the 16th official episode of the Film Yak Podcast, our weekly podcast for movie discussions. I am John. And Jonathan. I am Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, this, week we're gonna be dis- <laughs> this week we're going to be discussing <laughs> Kevin's pick, which is The Bad Sleep Well, an Akira Kurosawa film from 1960? 1960. 1960. Starring to- uh, Toshiro Mufune. Toshiro Mufune. And uh, longtime collaborator of Kurosawa and several other Japanese actors. Um, so, how are you guys doing this week? A little chilly, but okay. Yeah. We're it's in not- Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it's snowing here. Yeah. Like three inches. Yeah. If you don't think global warming is real, get fucked. Yeah. Uh, it's snowing in Baton Rouge. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's snowing in Mexico, too. Like cities in Mexico. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. First time in like twenty years or something, right? Mm. I don't think I can't remember a time when it snowed here for as long as it snowed yesterday. Oh, I've like never. You, usually, yeah. it snows in the morning. I've and never it just goes seen away. it. I've never seen that happen. There's yeah. still snow on the ground right now. Yeah, there's like, a picture of when I was a little kid and I'm standing in like two inches of snow. Mm. Uh, I must have been like six months old, mm. but since then, I've never consciously seen snow like this much. Yeah. There. Yeah, like the snow in 2008, like I think a lot of it fell at like, you know, in a short amount of time. But like towards like middle of the afternoon, yeah. it stopped. But like yesterday, it was like it was still snowing at like one o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. It was crazy. Brutal. Yeah. And today it's uh, even colder than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Low 30s. So it is brutal. Actually, it's pretty nice. I really like the cold weather. I love but, it. Yeah. But um, anyway, we're also going to be discussing today The Disaster Artist. I forgot to mention that Kevin and I went to go see and Jonathan pussed out on. So we'll be uh, taking him to task. He's playing over the that. snow. And, uh, <laughs> snow is better than The Disaster Artist. Well, about that. You're three I, and a half. I liked it. It was funny. What do you want? Wait, it's not a masterpiece no, or anything. I do want to see it. Well, yeah. Let's just, we just talk about it now. I mean, good God. Yeah. No. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that later in what we watch. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we can get right to the news items. First of okay. all, being mm. the Alita Battle Angel trailer that we just uh, watched and Kevin hadn't seen before. Mm. This is a new uh, science fiction adventure action movie from director Robert Rodriguez mm. and produced by James Cameron. And also, I want to say he wrote it or co-wrote it or came up with a story or something. I know it's based mm. on a manga, but... Um, he has something to do creatively with it. Mm. And uh, we just watched this trailer. What did you guys think of this trailer? Looks interesting. Um, I don't know. It could be just another Spy Kids, but... <laughs> I mean, not that yeah. Spy Kids is bad, but... I don't know. Just from the trailer, I was like, yeah, it looks, looks pretty interesting, but I wasn't like... Uh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan? I have no nostalgia for this. I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck this is. But, uh... I mean, I've heard of it. I think I've seen it at Blockbuster in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, I, the, her eyes are disturbing. I can't stand looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, goofy. Well, she's a, she's an android, It doesn't right? matter. It looks goofy and weird, unnecessary. I don't know. I just, I'll say I the, like most, the most exciting thing about it for me is that Robert Rodriguez is making a movie. Yeah. A real movie. Again, I'll give you that. Where he's oh, not yeah. doing everything himself, clearly. Like, the CG looks good. CG does look good. It looks good. like a mm-hmm. high-budget actioner. Now, I will say that there, the, there's very little action in the trailer, and what there is doesn't look very good. But I'm hoping that it'll be, uh, you know, uh, a real uh, showstopper when it comes out. Did it have out. a rating? I'm sure it'll be PG-13. Yeah. Mm. 
but I don't know. I don't think it's rated yet. Mm. <clears throat> so anyway, that's that. Uh, also, in other news, we just got to jump right into this. Tarantino Star Trek. <laughs> Tell me you haven't heard about this. Yeah. I saw, like, that there were articles about it, but I was like, mm, so I, don't, the- I don't know if I'm ready to put mental energy towards an article about Tarantino maybe being involved with J.J. Abrams and Star Trek. Well, it's a little bit further along than that. So apparently Tarantino had an idea for a Star Trek film. He went to Paramount and J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams agreed that it's a great idea. They want to make it. So they went to (laughs) a a writer's room with three writers, one of whom is the writer, uh, Mark Smith, the writer of The Revenant. And Mm. uh, they pitched the idea to them so that they could, uh, I guess, like audition them for the writing position. Uh, Tarantino told them the idea. And the most exciting and truly bizarre part of the entire thing is that uh, he's required Paramount and J.J. Abrams that if they make his film, it must be rated R. Oh. So, and, they, and they have agreed. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Which is very strange. So I, J- Jonathan, as our resident <laughs> trekker... <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, you haven't seen every episode of, of all the Star Trek shit with John Luke Picard. And I, I haven't seen any of the original series. That's not what we're talking not a about. Trekkie. Oh, okay. Only, I, I'm not a trekker. I've only seen three or four different shows about Star Trek, not the original I've show. I've seen the entirety of Next Generation, and yeah. I've seen one season of Deep Space Nine. And you're continuing That's on it. Deep Space Nine. And you've been rewatching all of the new films. I watched all the films. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Not a trekker at all. Uh, <laughs> what do you feel I don't know, about like, this? Between, between the two of us, like, I've seen a bunch of the original series and all of the, like, original series movies. So, like, between the two of us, we kind of make one trek Trekkie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, what, what do you guys think about this? Are you uh, excited? Or? This is incredibly exciting. Um, especially watching – I'm going to talk about them, but I watched – all of the next generation movies. Mm. Uh, my wife bought me the collection. Um, so I watched all of them and, uh, they're bad. Most of most of them are pretty bad. Um, mm. and they're trying to make them into action movies, you know, like the entire time, like every, every one of them, there's like, there's just action, 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 like trying to be star Wars, trying to be gun them down, you know, explosions. And it's like, this doesn't work. And I feel like Tarantino, Especially like, you know, watching Glorious Bastards or, you know, mm. with the long, drawn out, like, dialogue scenes would work perfectly with Star Trek. Mm. Especially with his writing style and stuff. Like, mm. I think he could really do something really, really great with it. I don't know. Do we think that the R rating is going to come from language or from nudity or from violence? Let, I would say violence. Yeah, it ha- maybe yeah. language, but probably more violence. If it's involving, like, the Federation, like, I'd, language doesn't. Because they're so, like, clean-cut and, like, you know, military. I could see Worf dropping some motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> I mean, who, that's another question. Is like, who is going to be it? Like, wh- Samuel L. Jackson as Worf? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to involve the Next Generation crew at all. It would be killer if Picard came back, but... Uh, that's, a, that's a good question, know, too. Yeah. Like, will it be the new cast? Because I know uh, mm. Patrick Stewart said he wants to come back for it. He said he would come back if it's, like... A really good reason, and this would be a really no, good I mean, reason. I, he yeah. said since this has been announced that he oh, wants oh, to oh, do okay. it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, great. Because Tarantino's involved, I guess. Um, so. I would hope it's not a prequel, because mm. the new show, Star Trek uh, Discovery, Discovery yeah. uh. Uh, that's like a prequel to even, I think, the original series, mm-hmm. and like, dude, like that shit's boring. Like, so like a pre- After Next Generation is where you need to go. 
But wasn't it was uh, was it Enterprise that was yeah, like a prequel to the original series? Yeah. So it's like a prequel. It's to like a prequel? in between in- Enterprise and the original series. Oh, okay, I think. Okay. Yeah. Weird. So it just involves Klingons. It's like okay. Now, yeah, I don't know. That shit's so right. Boring. I don't know. You don't like Klingons? It's more fun. I mean, next gen- the reason I, the reason I like the next generation is because th- there's so many different races. Like that, the, the objective is to explore, and like they're just constantly finding new insane ways to get fucked over and warp through time and whatever. <laughs> you know you don't really get that in the original apparently i don't know from what i've seen or read but uh, i don't know all right i, I know. think that was the whole point of the like like apparently gene roddenberry was like you know it's got a, it's you know he came from like a westerns background so it's like yeah. you know you go from you know you know like kane and kung fu walk from place to place meet people getting adventures yeah <laughs> and you know so like the original series is pretty much like that i mean there's like more like rip-offs of like shakespeare yeah and yeah stuff like that but um you know it's kind of the premise of star trek like being very multiracial, multi-species etc oh, yeah. etc et right so uh that'll be exciting to see how that all pans out and uh the shit storm that inevitably will come from it it'll be his first sci-fi too if he well he's not going to write it he's not going oh. to direct oh, it. oh really so okay. i don't see how it's it's oh. just his story okay you know? like, and these people who think he's going to direct it i don't know what they're thinking about because mm. he's such a opponent to cg and there's no way that paramount will make a star trek film without cg so yeah he will Mm -hmm. not direct this film i'll I'll go on record right now i'd bet any money Mm -hmm. he will not direct that's a good point i never thought of that. it sounds like he's going the way of george lucas where like you know he kind of like lucas directed the first star wars and then he was like sat back and he was like producer writer you know involved with like indiana jones and willow and labyrinth and a bunch of movies and stuff yeah yeah, so we'll see. Um, there's really no other news to talk about. I mean, the House of Cards thing, they're coming back for the last season. Mm. What Sans Spacey with uh, just Robin Wright as the star. Wow. They're just going to kill him off? Like I have no idea. Don't I don't know what's going on in the show. I don't. He could already be dead for all I know. I he's don't have not. an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, something's apparently happening, and they're coming back with without him. So Cool. That's that. You excited about that? No. That, you're gonna, no. But you're still going to chug through I'll it. I'll still watch it. You're so sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just moving pictures on a, on a TV. I have no Why emotional. watch it? It's just background noise. It's just there. Are you, so you're doing other things while you're watching it? Like, I'll get off of work, and I was like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to think. I'll just like, eh, house cards. See, that's when I put on the, the, like the office yeah. reruns or something. Or the oh, challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the challenge. Well, I don't watch the challenge without Nicole. But, oh, well, there you go. Mm. Yeah. Just you know, that shows. The show's not good. I I, no. I don't really like it that much, but it's I don't know. There, there's so there's so many twists and stuff. You kind of want to see what happens. I guess see how ridiculous it gets. They got you. Mm. Like I think they got their hooks in after you. the end of season yeah. three or whatever. I was talking to a guy at work. I was like, I don't know where else they could go. It's like it's either like aliens are gonna like I, there's gonna be aliens at some point, or there's gonna be like a nuclear holocaust. Something's gonna happen. Like because like, I don't know where else they're gonna go. Did that happen? No. Oh. They not, just, not even like illegal. It didn't. Aliens? It didn't. Like, it didn't keep escalating like the way they <laughs> they made it seem like it was going to. Could go to like a war type thing. Like maybe a war will start. That'd be cool. You know, um, mm, that'd be a good last season. It's just the Holocaust, nuclear like just, war, just, just North Korea. Yeah. Mm, five years later. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you want that though. You can just watch in the loop, which is ten times better and 
much funnier. And Is there a nuclear holocaust in, in the loop? No, but like they're, um, it's like British dignitaries are meeting with, um, you know, United States, the United, the U S government. And like, there's the possibility of war going on in the background, but there's a lot of cussing and a lot of funny moments and a lot of like just ridiculous hmm. human drama, which is I've seen fantastic. it. I'm just kidding around. Okay. Yeah. Peter Capaldi and James Gandolfini. Yes. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes. Uh, so I guess yes. we're going to move on to what we watched. Hmm. Uh, and I guess we should just start off with the disaster artist since we both watched it. Yeah. Kevin I mean, and we've, I. Already, we've already um, saw this yesterday at the theater with, Nobody else. That's awesome. Literally nobody. Dude, we went out to eat and there was nobody. Like, even in the parking lot. Yeah. It was weird. It was awesome. Mm. It was weird. All day yesterday was really cool. So we yeah. went to uh, went to the uh, AMC, saw a disaster artist in directed IMAX. by... Yeah, an IMAX directed by James Franco uh, about the making of The Room. And uh, what did you think about it, Kevin? I really liked it. I thought uh, it's... As far as I can see, it's probably easily James Franco's best acting job. Um, I thought there were a lot, you know, plenty of funny moments and a lot of moments where, like, you genuinely, like, even though it's presented kind of comically, you really kind of feel for what Tommy Wiseau is going through because, you know, obviously he has like some mental issues that have not been. In- <laughs> <laughs> not been well addressed. Mental sounds a little extreme. Maybe emotional issues. Well, maybe I don't know if he's mentally disturbed. I think he's just got like an ego. Well, maybe he has like like some learning disabilities, yeah, that kind of thing. Right, you sure, know, that's fair. But um, but yeah. So I thought it was you know. Does it go it into really anything well like that? No, not really. No backstory from him at all. It's no, just the whole, no, that's the, the whole, whole point is that yeah. he has no backstory. Nobody knows anything. Yeah, about like him. they even say that like at the at the <laughs> end, like you know. To this day, no one knows how old he is. No one knows where he got his money. Uh, no one knows where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. So I, I, I will agree for the most part. I found it uh, enjoyable. And uh, James Franco is very, very good in it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably his most, uh, probably one of his better directed films. Uh, although I really, I'm a big fan of As I Lay Dying, his adaptation of the Faulkner mm-hmm. uh, novel. But it's... But that's a little experimental, uh, and this is very straightforward, and it's just you know like a well-made uh, comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'd say I'd say it is very much a comedy. Like it's not. Yeah. It's very. It's not. I wouldn't call it a dramedy. Even I mean, it's like the dramatic elements are akin to something you'd find in the Farrelly Brothers film. So it's it's mostly comedy, and it's pretty funny. I wouldn't say it's like devastatingly funny pretty much ever but his performance is consistently amusing mm. and should his, you see the room before you see this oh i didn't yeah. i so didn't I, you haven't I, seen it i, I don't know no. i don't plan I've on never it. seen it either. so uh, yeah i don't i'm not one of these people i mean i know all the scenes i've watched all the scenes on yeah like, like i mean the big scenes on youtube or something. yeah because pretty much like you see that through through this movie so at the end of the film they play both of the scenes side by side to yeah. show how exact their recreation is. <laughs> so you see a lot of the movie at the yeah. end of the movie anyway. But uh, I don't, I'm not interested in seeing the room. I mean, it's a, like, it's known that it's bad. So like, I don't yeah. understand why you'd watch it, I guess to get a cheap laugh, but I'm not interested in that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, but I mean, I, you know, like I say, it's fun and it's funny and, uh, James Franco's good. Yeah. I don't really know what else there is. There's a lot of people in it. Yeah. Like a lot of random 
cameos. Random cameos. Like, hmm. uh, like I knew, um, what's his face? Seth Rogen was going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's pretty much Seth Rogen. Um, Paul Shear. Paul Shear, who actually I thought was pretty good. He's, he's good. Uh, Jack, ha- like, I'm sorry. Uh, Hannibal Burris, Brian mm-hmm. Cranston oh, has wow. a cameo, like, as Brian Cranston. Jackie Weaver is in it for a second, who mm-hmm. played uh, Bradley Cooper's mother in Silver Linings Playbook. Hmm. And was in Animal Kingdom. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of random people yeah. in this movie. And uh, it feels like James Franco just really called in a lot of favors to get all these cameos yeah. together. And Dave Franco obviously plays Greg Sestero, who's mm. the his Tommy Wiseau's partner. Yeah. And he's, he's all right. Yeah. I, he felt, like, kind of the same. Yeah. Like, like his, I mean, you know, his deliveries are kind of pretty much the same all the way through the movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah, he is. He, he, he's not, uh, he's clearly not as seasoned of an actor as James mm. Franco is, and he, he needs, he, he seems like he needs a little bit more work to, like, yeah. Yeah. he had to do some dramatic stuff in this, and it just yeah. felt a little over, over the top, so. But, uh, I mean, you know, he's, it's serviceable, so. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of, like, standard, like, not necessarily Oscar fodder, because it didn't feel like they were, like, really trying that hard. But it's kind of like, you know, let's do, like, our, you know, like, super bad sort of version of Oscar fodder. Yeah. So. Well, they're talking about, I mean, the critics are saying it yeah. should get Oscars, so. We'll wow. see. I could James see. Franco. I could see Franco yeah. being nominated for, for acting sure. for sure. But I don't. I don't necessarily see the movie getting much accolades beyond yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty solid. Yeah. So I would. I would recommend it. I gave it a three and a half. I gave it a four. Cool. Nice. And John. you might end up talking in Tommy Wiseau's voice for a little while after you see it. It is hard not to. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you. It's like whenever I watch The Sopranos, I, I do like a marathon of like all six oh, yeah. seasons, and then mm, I yeah. just start talking like James Gandolfini constantly. Yeah. What the fuck is this shit over here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, so. yeah, it's the same with me and like uh, British stuff, <laughs> which I tried. I started to watch The Witch last night, but the Blu-ray was skipping. Uh, so I from the library. Yeah, dude, what is that? They're, they're, aren't they? Don't have? Aren't they scratch proof? What, I thought, what is scratch proof? Like I thought, blue, Blu-rays are like really difficult they're to scratch. Scratch resistant, but it's like, like Jinx. there's no <laughs> scratches on these discs sometimes. And we put it in, it's like, and it skips. It makes no sense. Oh, I don't know about that, dude. It was the well, same it could be a fingerprint. It, you should look for fingerprints. I did. That's like, what I, makes me skip. That's yeah, what like I have skip. a, um, I have one of those uh, lint-free cloths that you use to like clean your glasses with. Like I have it on the couch specifically for this reason yeah because yeah like fingerprints scratches like it's like who is handling all this stuff well people who don't give a flying fuck about what they're yeah you know they just pick it up oh, yeah a movie. I don't give a fuck about this and they put yeah. it in their player and they don't care if it's like, like wonder, like just wonder skip woman was skipping it was like fresh off the press like, yeah we put it in and it was like what the fuck fresh off the press meaning what it was uh, like the, it, she got it like, like right when look, it came in. Well, that doesn't mean anything because it's still being handled by like ten or twelve people at the library. They have yeah, to remake so. the case and then take it out of the old case. And but I mean, it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah, Strange. unless yeah. you buy it brand new from the manufacturer, I mean, you can't guarantee it's not going to skip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, like I yeah. So I didn't get very far in it. Like I got to the scene where like uh, was the has the baby been grinded yet? No. Oh man, you missed that. Damn. <laughs> 
It's coming. No, like I got like uh, it was <laughs> like the the first scene where uh, you know be gone, etc. Oh, and then yeah. like you know the wagons like going off into the distance. Then it stops. Oh, you got nothing. You got yeah. Him, I like, got three yeah, minutes in the movie. Min- yeah. <laughs> and then like I tried to I tried to like I was like okay well like let me see if I can like rewind and like it was skipping then it was like no, bro, fuck this brutal brutal no, can't do it ew yeah it's no good. Yeah, I don't know though. Like our branch, like for a couple of months, we were getting like a lot of people looking for horror movies. Like the child's play movies were checking out like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And so I imagine like the witch probably got picked up a number of times. Too, yeah, probably. So. And then like watched like two minutes of it because they were like, "This is stupid. This ain't a slasher movie. That's scary. Where's all the titties and the blood?" That's right. <laughs> And then they just returned it, you know. I don't understand what this guy's saying. Sound like he got marbles in his mouth to me. He ain't speaking clearly like I. <laughs> All right. Jonathan, what'd you watch? I watched The Truman Show for the first time. For the first, first time? time? All the way through. You were gross. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first time all the, all the way through seeing like the ending a bunch on tv mm, that's uh, a good good thing to see just see the end i know right yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's pretty good uh some of the special effects are really dated like horrifically dated. which effects just like like when they're panning out of the city and like are like he, he's standing up like they're in the moon globe thing it just looks bad i don't mm. know it just looks really cheesy mm. but uh i don't know everything it, acting's great uh Story, of course, is pretty good. Uh, I like the ending a lot. Uh, I've seen it like 15 times. So. Where he walks through the door, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I like how like you never see him outside of the dome, mm-hmm. which kind of rules. Uh, you know, it's the Truman Show. I don't know. It's yeah. good. Gave it like a three and a half. You like Ed Harris good. in it? Ed Harris is good. Mm. Uh, Giamatti? Giamatti. Is in <laughs> Giamatti's in there? Yeah. yeah. He's wow. like the, the nighttime supervisor or something. <laughs> and he like I'd forgotten. eating pizza on the job or something. Um who else? Oh, Laura Lenny plays his wife, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that model girl plays that girl he that got away. I forget yeah. what her name is. Oh, right. some... I like how they keep trying to keep him there. Like, they make his mom sick. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> like just freak accidents happen. And just, like... I remember that early on in the film, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but early on they do, like, the recap of all the people who have tried to warn him. Yeah. And, like, the guy, like, bursts out of this Christmas present. <laughs> and they, like, I parachute. You're on TV. You're on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never noticed that either. Apparently, that was all. Like most of it was all of, uh, all came from the the girl he was in love with, or whatever. Oh, because uh, like when oh, they yeah. show her in the in her apartment, you can see the parachute with the I'm on. T- you're on TV thing, like sitting on oh, her really? desk, or something. That's like so, she's she's bizarre. trying to like, she's trying to like get him out of there. Hmm. You know? mm. That's pretty good though. All right. Well, Kevin. See, after Inland Empire last time, I watched uh, The Straight Story, probably Lynch's most conventional. Yeah. But, like, I would imagine, like, it's probably, it's definitely not Lynch's, like, stylistically, it's not pure Lynch, but, like, it's kind of the story of Lynch's career. Because, like, you know... You've got this guy, he, you know, wants to do things his own way, and, like, all through it, people are trying to, like, why do you want to do this? Why do you, you know, can't you, le- can't you let me help you? Or, like, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it that way? And, like, especially the scene, um, have y'all seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. No. There's a scene in the hardware store where, like, I don't know, Alvin, I mean, 
That grabber, man. Like, it'll take me, like, two months to get another one. I mean, why do you need that grabber? Like, I got other grabbers over here, man. Like, why? why? <laughs> Literally. And, like, and the other, and the other dude's like, what do you need so much gas for? What do you need that for? It's like. Like, just shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, just shut up. And it's like, <laughs> and, like, you can, like, I can easily see that being, like, you know, Lynch asking for, like, this or that. And, like, why do you want that? Movies aren't made that way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, it's a it's a rough thing for him. And, you know, like, he hits some falls along the way, but eventually he gets there. It's like, yeah, that's Lynch's career. Because, like, now he's probably, you know, bigger and, like, has more, like, um, ability to do things oh, than yeah, ever. definitely. But him in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, I'm sure that was his experience with Dune and, like, probably, uh, and for sure, uh, the original Twin Peaks. So, yeah. but, you know, overall, the, the movie was decent. I gave it, like, a two and a half. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Two and a half. I don't remember it being very good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's kind of, it's real. It's a really like touchy feel. It's a Disney movie, so like it's really like touchy feely, like heartwarming kind of stuff. And like there's some like really dramatic moments, but it is like very long and kind of drawn out. So, hmm. well, I yeah. have yet to see it. I'll have to check it out at some point. Right. It's the only Lynch film I haven't seen. Right. So. Um, I watched The Departed, rewatched The Departed. Uh, my mother-in-law was in town, and she was staying in our guest room, which uh, has all of my Blu-rays in it. And she saw the Blu-rays, and she said, you know, I was looking at your Blu-rays this morning, and I saw some movie in the D's, and I wanted to watch it. And I was like, what movie is it? And I had to read her all the movies that I have. And it's The Departed. I don't think I've seen it. So we we rewatched The Departed. And uh, we had watched this two years ago-ish for yeah. our other podcast that is now yeah. defunct. I think we watched liked it. it substantially more. We watched it with Black Mass because they're about we, yeah. bloody bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Black Mass is a piece of shit. That, that made this movie way better. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when this first came out, I hated this shit. I hated this fucking movie. Right. Couldn't stand it. But then, yeah, we watched it again. Right, so I went up quite a bit. Went up to three and a half for me on the last time. This time, jumped up another full star. This thing wow. is a near masterpiece. Yeah. I don't know. I don't it, know what the fuck I was saying. It's the first like time I you watch it, and it's just like the most entertaining it movie is. I've ever seen. It's like, paced like incredibly well. Yeah, and the editing is incredible, and just like the weird things that Scorsese, like the choices that Scorsese is mace, making with the camera movements and the direction of his actors and. The editing especially, it's just totally, uh, it's very, very exciting. And I was talking to Kevin about it yesterday and was saying that, you know, you'd watch a movie like this or The Wolf of Wall Street and you'd think it was being made by a much younger, like, virile director. But it's like, the, he's, an, he's an old man making yeah. these movies that yeah. are very challenging to the status quo, very violent, very uh, over-the-top, you know, kind of... <laughs> Comically violent. Yeah, just like hard to it's, get through for, it, for it makes some me people. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think early on, like when I first saw it, I think the cell phone thing really turned me off because it was still kind of early. Mm. You know, cell phones were, I mean, they were popular, obviously, and everywhere. But just seeing that in a movie, especially like a, a Scorsese movie, was just kind of like, eh, like just weird. But now it's mm. so ingrained. Like it's, of course, like cell phones, like yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. 
and uh, I really dig all the all the cell phone stuff. Like anytime, like he's uh, like Matt Damon is trying to text uh, Nicholson, or like he's got like there's one scene where he's got his phone in his pocket and it like fades into his pocket, and you can see him yeah. like, press, like he's texting, but he's like not looking at his phone. Just really fucking cool, and uh, I really dig Matt Damon in it a lot. I always have, actually. Even the first time I saw it, when I didn't wasn't thrilled with it, I still I thought I think Matt Damon's performance is amazing in it uh, as this kind of snivelly villainous the rat. piece of shit, you know. And uh, yeah, it's a it's just a really solid solid picture. Great action, great violence, funny as all hell, uh, <laughs> you know. And I will say, I mean, Nicholson over the top, sure, but still a lot of fun. So, oh yeah. And I wish he I wish he hadn't have taken the last decade off because you know now he's in his eighties and it's like how many movies could he seriously do now? So it's unfortunate, but you know he's 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 great. So uh, yeah, four and a half. Nice. Um, so, I, like I said earlier, I got the Star Trek Next Generation movie collection. <laughs> comes with uh, First Contact. Well, I guess I'll start with. comes with Generations, uh, First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis. Uh, I'm just going to talk about all three of these now. That's okay. Which three? Uh, I watched you First just... Contact a few months ago. Oh, okay. Liked it quite a bit. I think I gave it a four. Hmm. Maybe three and a half or four. Um, just entertaining. I just, used to like it a lot. Just purely, yeah. just entertaining. Not a lot going into it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I started with Generations this time, um, which is the the crossover movie with the original cast and right. the Next Generation cast. And this movie starts off awesome. Like it really, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like because I, I haven't seen like, again, I haven't seen any of the original Star Trek movies. I haven't seen any of that shit. Or the original series, but it starts off with Shatner and like he's like tour- him and like the old crew are touring this uh, the bridge of like the new Enterprise with the mm. new captain, not not John Luke Picard. This is like seventy five year- years or something before, or sixty years before uh, John Luke Picard and stuff. But uh, they're touring the bridge and they come across like a distress signal and they're like, oh, all right, we'll we'll check it out. You know, of course, you know they <laughs> they check it out and it's just disastrous. Like a bunch of shit happens. Like the hull gets breached and. Uh, uh, Shatner goes down to like check it out, you know. He's like, "No, I'll go." You know, he's like trying to be the hero, and mm-hmm. he goes on and he, he fucking dies. Like he like gets shot out in the space or something. <laughs> but the whole like point of the movie is like there's this rift in space, and it's just traveling through the galaxy, and it like it like absorbs people and things and shit. And like if you get sucked into it, it like you can like go through time. Like time time isn't linear anymore, so you can just live forever and you know, whatever, create whatever you want. Mm. And uh, this super villain is trying to uh, get into the rift. He's never been, and he's tried, and he, like, he brought ships to it, but the ships blow up, and, like, you know, people die and whatever. So the entire plot is him trying to get into this rift, and it's, like, two hours, ten minutes or something. It's, like, really fucking long, <laughs> and it's just, like, the first, like I said, the, the opening is rules, but, like, I don't know. It just goes downhill. I gave it, like, a two and a half. But, uh... And then the end is super cheesy. It's Picard and Shatner, like, fighting the villain. Uh, it's so bad. It's so cheesy. <laughs> uh, and Shatner is, like, hilariously out of shape. I love how you call him Picard and Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kirk. <laughs> that is true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, Kirk and... Uh, <laughs> Picard. <laughs> anyway, we get the insurrection. Uh, insurrection is about... 
a planet. Okay, in, in the next generation, I don't want to go too in, in depth with this because it's, it's so fucking <laughs> it's so fucking nerdy. But like in next generation, there's a couple of episodes, especially one where uh, the Federation is like observing these planets that are coming up. You know, like they're pre-industrial civilizations, mm. and they're not aware of like space travel and stuff. But the Federation like puts bases on the planet with like cloaks so they can't see, but they can observe them and stuff. This one starts like that. But it turns out, like the the civilization that they're that they're observing is uh, pre-industrial. But at, they were once like a technologically advanced uh, civilization that broke off and said, like you know, technology is the ruination of Atlantis. Uh, yeah, they're like the ruination <laughs> of like everything. So like we we fuck technology. We're going to our own planet. And then there's this other race who are you find out at the end that they're they're part of the same race and they're like super evil and mm-hmm. they have like. They're, they're they're like aging prematurely, and like they're, they're progeria. Their faces <laughs> like they stretch their faces and their skin constantly in the movie to like regenerate them, and that it's so cool. disgusting. That it's sounds so really cool, gross. though. They have like 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 they like they'll just start certainly like their their skin will like crack and like just start bleeding at random. It's really disturbing. Uh, but I gave this a three. It was like actually pretty decent. Uh, a lot of action, uh, but a lot of like you know intrigue what kirk isn't in this one no this is fully why is kirk not in like what happens to him at the end of generations where he's not i've seen all these movies but i don't remember he just retires and goes his own way like it's just like he like he dies does he die no i don't think he dies like he doesn't he like ride off on a horse and like like he knows he's gonna die or something (laughs) i haven't i I just i just watched this i don't think no no he's they're in the nexus it's called the nexus they're in the nexus and they're He's living his fantasy in the in the Nexus because he's been there for like oh. seventy five years. Okay. okay, and no, uh, I'm pretty. Sh- <laughs> What's his fantasy? Does it involve Ahura? No, it's just, it's just his, <laughs> he's just in his house with his wife, and it's like he's like and Ahura. No, he's in sandwich a, action. He's in his, he's in his house with his wife, and it's like he's basically reliving the moments like right before he decides to go off to space forever, oh. and he's like, uh. but I could have stayed here with my wife, and like. But he's still like fat old chat. Yeah, it's really hilarious. <laughs> I just fucking watch this, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't die. But okay. I don't remember because okay. <laughs> I've watched like I've watched three of these in a row. So I'm okay, like, okay. It's, it's a little blurry. <laughs> yeah, I, I just could have swore like at some point like he like goes off and dies or something. He may don't don't quote me on this. Okay. I don't remember. But uh, Insurrection pretty decent. Gave it a three. Uh, and I had watched that. It was a rewatch. I watched that when I was a kid, and mm. whatever. Um, <laughs> Nemesis, however, oh, um, I was like, I was going into this. Everyone hates this movie. This is like notoriously bad. Going into this, I'm like, it's not going to be that. Bad. I have this is the one I haven't seen ever. I've never uh, seen this either. Okay, um, this came out in 2002. By this point, I was like, Star Wars is the lamest thing, or Star Trek is the lamest thing ever. Star Wars too, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I was like, by t- I was 17, everything, all this shit was nerdy and stupid. Yeah, but uh. Man, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, Tom Hardy is the Tom villain. Hardy is the villain. Wow. He's kind of good, but what he's wearing is the cheesiest shit on the planet. It's like this purple like <laughs> dress thing. It's he looks like Billy Corgan. Yes, in like late yeah, like a like a door tour or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really bad. Uh, in circa two thousand. <laughs> and he, I'm gonna spoil the shit out of this, but he's it's not a bad idea. See, all these movies would be really fucking amazing episodes, yeah. but. They're movies, and they go on too long, and it's stupid. Uh, the movie, though, is um, Tom Hardy is a clone of Picard. 
So the 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 bad guys clone Picard because they want like the 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 flagship captain. They want his like intelligence and his experience and stuff. Mm. So they clone him. And but the clone was like beaten and like thrown in some mines, like because he was a human and like you know humans are lesser. So he's thrown in some mines to like mine ore or something for like twenty years. And he's, like, all grizzled and stuff and, like, hates everybody. So he wants to take over the world and destroy Earth for some fucking reason. <laughs> but, uh... The humans. Yeah. They put me in the mind. No, it wasn't the humans. It was, uh... The the bad guy Vulcans. The bad guy Vulcans. Oh, the Romulans. Romulans, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Romulans put him in some mine with the... With, on Remus. Romulus and Remus. Uh... Yeah. And, uh... And, uh... They introduce some new race, the Remans, which are just these ridiculous. It's, You've got to be kidding me! No, it's epically like even my wife. My wife has never seen any of this shit, and she's like, "This is beyond cheese. Like this is like bad." And I'm like, "I don't know who the fuck wrote this shit. It's so bad." <laughs> the best part about it, though, is uh, Data is throughout it, and Data rules, and he ends up sacrificing himself at the end to save Picard, which was kind of cool, and. uh that's that's really the only saving grace of this movie. Uh, I gave it a two, a mercy two. Ooh. Uh, really, it deserves <laughs> it deserves a one, one and a half. Um, I tried to see the bright side of this, mm. but uh, and again, I am a I'm a next generation fan, and it just this is bad. Written by John Logan, writer of the Aviator, Skyfall, Gladiator, Academy Award winning, yeah, I, uh, <sighs> Academy Award nominated screenwriter. <laughs> so, this is not good. This is not a good movie. Um, it star- again, it starts off well. Like it starts off at the Romulan council, like they're in the, the council room, and this woman like leaves this medallion behind, and this medallion behind as she walks out of the room, and it kills all of them, like turns them all to stone. It's like some super weapon. And I was like, this might be pretty good. Like this looks pretty good. Like the special effects were good. Like they turned to stone and like fell and shattered and stuff. I was like, this looks this looks good. Mm. But then he shows. Uh, Tom Hardy shows up. And I'm like, oh god. Like why? Like why? Why did they make him? Why is he in this movie? Like I get it, the clone of a car, but it's he's like, nobody. That's why. It, yeah, it was just in in 2002. Tom Hardy is not a person. He's yeah, like just an unknown. No, actor. but I mean mm. the character like itself, like it, like the well, clone they have of a car. Villain, but it, it could have just been the fucking Romulans. Oh. Yeah. Because throughout the next generation and throughout the entirety of Star Wars, the Romulans are like some like off distant enemy that they never really confront really. Yeah. And it's like they could have they could have used this movie like, okay, this is the last generation movie. Fuck it, we're gonna go full force also, Romulans like, versus the Federation. That would have been cool. Well, like they go through the trouble to clone Picard and then they just lose the clone? No, they just throw him in the mines to work in and I'm, I'm like yeah, that I'm makes me confused about that. I do, yeah. do I'm sitting there like, what wait, why? Why the whole he, point was that they wanted the intelligence of Picard. I, I agree. Right. The evil side. I, I, I was like, they should have trained him. He should have been like, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Yeah, like this could have been like a great like homage the, to like Boys from Brazil, but like the, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, they should have uh, they should have done that, but they used his time in the mines to like fuel his rage for everybody, uh, and he wants to kill. Him. And it's like, that, dude, that's retarded. Making, that, nah, that's nah. not complex at all. It's like so black and white. They, they yeah. should have like had him like come up in the ranks and like, yeah. you know, he sees eye to eye with Picard. But they're, you know, I don't know. They could have joined forces again. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that would have been better. Yeah, I mean, also like the, the clone Rom- turns on the Romulans. Like that would have yeah. been cool. And you have two fucking Picards. Yeah, because like, that would have been cool. <laughs> well, it's like you said too. Like the Romulans are like pretty much the evil Vulcans. So like. You know, like, um, what, re-education? Yeah. That kind of thing? You know, like... I, I don't get it. Ah. 
This movie was, was directed by uh, Stuart Baird, who apparently lost his uh, directing license after this movie, <laughs> was not able to get anything <laughs> off the ground. He's actually an editor, though, mainly. Oh, wow. And he's still editing. He just edited Tomb Raider. So, um, still, so still working. The two previous movies, though, Insurrection and... Uh, Generations. First Contact. First Contact. Um, <laughs> Generations was... It's Generations, First Contact, Insurrection. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Insurrection and First Contact are directed by... Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Which isn't... They're not bad. It's crazy. Like, like this, fucking Riker... I'll just say right now, this is not the Jonathan that I've known in my life. <laughs> like, he's changed. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes is a good director. <laughs> I, not say, I did not say that. That did not come out of my mouth. You inferred I'm it. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's surprising. Yeah. It's like, what... He, they're they're just popcorn movies. Any but it's interest like, in other Jonathan Frakes family fodder that he's done? I've never see. I don't know what else he's done. He did a movie uh, about these kids and a satellite. Let's see. Also, he seems like a goober. Also, so I, I doubt it's. Can I say uh, any interest in revisiting the new Star Trek films after this? Now, uh, what actually spurred all of this? Even watching the Next Generation, because I mean, I watched it when I was a kid with mm. my dad. So there's a little nostalgia with that. But Allison rented Star Trek Beyond, mm. the latest of the new Star Trek. And I've seen the other two. And the first one was like, oh, okay, it's not bad. You know, second one was pretty good. It had some parts that were pretty good. Yeah. But Beyond was like horrible. I hated it. I absolutely fucking hated it. It was just not good. And this was like a year ago or something. And uh, I was like, man, like this sucks balls. Like I'm going to watch Next Generation, see if it's any good. Just to like recap, and mm-hmm. I watched the entire series. And I was like, "This fucking rules!" <laughs> like, I, I, like the first two seasons are a little cheesy. Which show? Next Generation. Okay. Mm. So that's yeah. on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Uh, so yeah, just kind of like felt like going through the whole thing. And, uh, he directed Clock Stoppers in 2002, which is an adventure family comedy. A teenager accidentally activates a machine that enables him to speed up his body so that other people seem to be standing still. So kind of like a Quicksilver type thing. Mm-hmm. So you might want to check that one out no, if you're I'm loving good. Jonathan Frakes these days. <laughs> I'm absolutely uh, not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just giving you I'm being time. kind. I'm just busting I'm, I'm being kind. Yeah. Uh, but no, I have no interest in revisiting the uh, the reboots. They, okay. They kind of are everything I don't like about Star Trek. Yeah. They're just, I don't know, yeah. action mm-hmm. movies. I haven't seen, I've only yeah. seen the first one and I I just want to see dialogue. So. I just want to see diplomatic dialogue. Yeah. You should and, rewatch The Phantom Menace with all the trade disputes and the I, Senate. I, I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> might be right up your alley. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Let's see. Rewatched Hellraiser because I got the Blu ray of it the other day. Oh, just real quick. I'm sorry. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Frakes also directed Thunderbirds, which is uh, from 2004, which is another family comedy starring Brady Corbett. Who directed Childhood of a Leader? Wow! So it starred him as a child. He was a child actor, and now he's directing Thunderbirds. Him. Is that that? Uh, what is that? It's is uh, the the show with the marionettes. When the yeah. hood, when the hood, which is a character, finds the and invades International Rescue's secret base and traps most of the Tracy family. Only young Alan Tracy and his friends can save the day. It's based on the television series. It's not with marionettes, though. Oh, it's, it's, with, real, oh, it's with real people. Okay, oh, okay. wow. It's with children. Yikes. And adults. Oh, yeah, it's pretty it I see it. awful. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he needs to stop. <laughs> so that was in 04, though. Now he's directing. Uh, he directed the pilot for Orville. Uh, Jonathan Frakes did. 
and he uh, directed the an, an episode of Discovery. So mm. and the librarians that show on TNT with uh, <laughs> Noah Wiley. Mm. Sorry, Kev. Go ahead, bud. Yeah. So Hellraiser. Um, really liked it. The special effects really hold up very well. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like scary as fuck. Yeah. Like can't, when um, can't handle it. <laughs> Really? I haven't, seen I, haven't seen movie? I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Oh. Okay. It was uh terrifying. Yeah, like there's there's a there's a scene there's a scene where Pinhead is uh like reconstructing this guy's face from his torn flesh and yeah. like it looks really great. <laughs> like I was surprised. Like I like uh I've seen the movie a couple of times before and like I remember, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of blood, a lot of tearing flesh, but I didn't remember it being like this good. Yeah. Um uh, like there's there's the one like kind of like monster in the movie like doesn't doesn't really hold up that well but like the like hooks going into flesh and the skulls and blood and all that still holds up very well and like the uh, the acting is really good too like especially um, uh, Claire Higgins uh, so like the story of Hellraiser is this guy finds a puzzle box and he's looking for like the ultimate pleasure and so he finds this puzzle box and gets taken into the realm of the Cenobites which are like sadomasochistic creatures and so this family the brother and his wife move into the house and so like the dude's spirit is still there so by shedding blood in this one room, they can kind of reconstruct him. And, and again, like, you know, like it doesn't sound like it would be like, like you like see, you know, like the bones and stuff and like the muscle tissue and all that stuff. And it still like looks really good. Um, so Claire Higgins basically like traps, traps these men, kills them and, Frank is then able to like suck their life force away to like reconstruct his body. And there's a great moment where she's like, she's like really shaken up by like what she's just done. Like she's just killed a person, like hit him in the head with a hammer. And so like, she goes into the bathroom to like wipe the blood off of her. And there's this one moment. It's like really subtle, but like she looks up into the mirror and like, you can tell like she's kind of digging it. (laughs) She's disgusted with herself, but she's like, I could, maybe kind of get used to this and it's really great. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, and there's another point where there's this like skeletal, like dragon kind of thing. And that doesn't, that looks pretty, pretty goofy. Um, it looks like one of those like wooden, like dinosaur sets that you could buy from like one of those like, uh, sciencey shops. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, the movie is really good. What'd you give it? Four and a half. Nice. Cool. I uh, went to the theater and saw Lady Bird, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, uh, starring Saoirse Ronan and others. And uh, it's all right. Uh, There is a review that uh, our former co-host Jordan wrote for the site. It's up right now on our blog at filmyakpodcast.com. So you can go there for his thoughts. He liked it quite a bit more than I did. Uh, Does it deserve the hype? That it's getting? Uh, if the hype is that it's the best reviewed movie of all time and it's so great, <laughs> then no, it does not deserve the hype. <laughs> it's a very uh, competently made movie 
that is rife with cliches of the genre, which is like, you know, coming of age, teenager, high school. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much just follows a very kind of uh, formulaic plot path. And uh, the acting is all pretty solid, uh, especially I'd say Laurie Laurie Metcalf as uh, Lady Bird's mother is probably the standout performance. She's really great in it. Uh, Very kind of controlling, domineering, uh, nasty, passive aggressive mother who, you know, you kind of, she, she plays it really well because you kind of end up feeling sorry for her near the end of the movie, but she's a real, she's just a real bitch, you know? (laughs) And, uh, Lady Bird played by Saoirse Ronan is this kind of, you know, uh, I think the term is manic pixie dream girl, uh, who of course has her hair dyed this impossible shade of Uh, red and has, that's what uh, the the second mm, I saw this trailer, I was like, God, no, really (laughs) insists on being called lady bird for some unknown reason, which is never explored. Uh, you get this like vague impression that she's artistic in some way, but she doesn't do anything. She's not creative (laughs) at all. The, The most creative thing she does is that she joins the drama department and she's in a play. But you don't get any kind of like insight that she's actually interested in any of it. She's just kind of doing it. Mm. And uh, that's the kind of my main problem with it is that it's just like it feels like if I wanted to like if I ever got the Jones to rewatch this movie, I'd probably just go watch Ghost World because it's like I, a much better version of this. Thinking of Ghost World as you're talking about this, yeah. I'm like, that's why I like Ghost World so much is because they fucking hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost World is And it's much, more realistic, uh, dude. Teenagers fucking hate everything. Right. I'm sorry. Like they really do. And I mean, they take their they they certainly dump on a lot of things in this movie too, but it's just it's not really about that, I guess. It's more I mean, the movie is about at its core, it's about the relationship between her and her mother. But unfortunately, like there's so much other shit going on that they don't really focus on that. Like so there's like multiple romantic uh things plot points happening so like she goes out with this one guy who's played by lucas hedges from um manchester by the sea and three billboards and all these movies and uh he's he's really good in it too but he uh he he doesn't work out for her and then she starts dating this other guy and he's a total dick to her and it's just like i understand what she's trying to do because it's like autobiographical from gerwig and mm. and it's even set in 2002 or 2000 yeah 2002 yeah. oh really yeah, yeah so it's like clearly it's her life it's what she went through to a certain extent in high school but it's just not terribly interesting to me anyway mm. and i mean i think that the reason it's getting such kudos on rotten tomatoes you have to remember rotten tomatoes is gauging positive reviews versus negative reviews so like kevin said earlier what did you give a two and a half earlier so straight story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Straight story is okay. It's two and a half. Would you say it's a positive review? It's not negative, right? Like no. you don't think it's a piece of shit, right? Yeah. So that would be a positive review on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes, right? So if I so my review for this movie, which would be three out of five, because it's like completely fine. It's yeah. nothing to write home about. I don't mm. need to see it again. There's no neutral. Right. Exactly. It's, it's just like, positive. Right. Negative. That's positive. Yeah, so I that see. would be another positive review. But I right. still I don't really like it very much. It's just okay, you know. Mm. So I mean, like I think Metacritic has a lot more variance. No, Metacritic is a is a judge of how uh, the the positivity of the film. So like how much the film uh, garners critical acclaim, rather than this movie has this many negative ratings, yeah. this many positive ratings. Right. So I mean, the fact that it has a hundred percent on Tomatoes doesn't mean a whole lot of shit about anything. It's just kind of like a 
you know, it's something that they can use to their advantage. And I'm happy yeah. that Greta Gerwig is successful with it. I'm glad people like her oh, movie. She's good. I mean, yeah. the things she's been in that I've seen, she's she's great. I wish she was in this movie, I guess. And I'm, I was sad to, like, not sad, I guess. I was just, like, kind of, like, bummed out that she didn't even have, like, a cameo in it or something. Because I was just, like, I, I, I'm not terribly interested in... Like I would love, her, I would I would like for to see what she does next because I feel like she's gonna do like a Ben Affleck kind of thing where her first film, she's not in it. She casts somebody who is her essentially, and then her next film she's gonna be in it and she's gonna be in her all of her movies from now on maybe because like like Ben Affleck his first movie Gone Baby Gone he casts his brother mm. and now from then on he just he can't not be in his yeah. movie <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so you know for better or worse mm. uh, but yeah Lady Bird's fine uh, I wouldn't like you know. It's not a glowing recommendation. It's just okay. But, you know, it's not... I'll say this, too. It's trying to be funny quite a bit, and it's not very funny. Mm. And Saoirse Ronan's acting, she's the weak link of the actors. Uh, really? She, she has a scene toward the end where she confronts her mother, and her mother's giving her the silent treatment, and it is embarrassing. It's like she's, please talk to me. Oh, my God. It's just, it's hard to look at. It's, she says, oh, my God. I don't know what she says. <laughs> but she, Oh it's, my God. it's just brutal, and her mother's like her mother's just like ignoring her and washing dishes, and it's just disgusting. It's just like mm. so over the top, and like I don't know, I, it did not work for me. And she tries to like mix in this broad humor, not Saoirse Ronan, but Gerwig tries to mix in this broad humor at times, like the uh, the drama director has to quit his job for some vague unknown reason having to do with his uh, mental state. But anyway. He gets replaced by the football coach. So the football coach is the drama teacher now, and he's like, of course. He's got a big blackboard, and he's going to do the play like a football game. So he's like, you're here, and then you're going to rush in here. And and it's just like it's such a lazy, like cheesy Mm -hmm. attempt at comedy. It's not funny at all. That's like like Disney Channel level. Yeah, Yeah. brutal. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but by all means, not saying it's not worth its time. I mean, you know, it's short enough, and it's fine. And uh, you yeah. know, maybe on a rewatch it would go up even. I don't know. But it's three for now. Uh, I'm tapped out. Okay. <laughs> Kevin? Uh, let's see. I watched uh, Europa by Lars von Trier. Nice. Don't have a huge amount to say about it. Like, the movie, like, visually, it it's pretty fantastic. Like, all the, like, uh, rear projection and stuff and, like, the interaction between the people in front of the projection with uh, with what's going on looked really great. Um, I really liked Max von Sydow's narration. It was, like, really menacing. And it's never, it's never really explained. I um, thought the acting was pretty good, but overall, like, the story just didn't really didn't really grab me but last night i watched ivan's childhood uh tarkovsky's first feature that was really good like um it's it's definitely got a lot of uh kalatazov got a lot of ingmar bergman in there yeah but like it's very very well done the acting is really good uh it's about a kid a russian kid who is like kind of on the front lines in Russia in World War II and like he's doing his best to be a spy and um he's good. Yeah. Like, he's he's pretty good in it. Yeah, it's and like all of the like there's a lot of like really serene moments 
and then like out of nowhere, like it just explodes into the devastation of Russia in World War Two, and um, yeah, give that one a four because uh, like there were there were a couple of moments where like uh, with um, like a nurse that's a bunch of some of the guys in the army are kind of hard up for, but that doesn't really go anywhere. And it's, it feels like it kind of like drifts away from the main plot, which is the kid Ivan, but pretty much everything with him and like all the, all the stuff with like just the soldiers is really, really good. Like the famous scene when they kiss over the, the trench thing. Yeah. I was like, that was cool, but it's like, you know, what does it have to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's kind of a veering. The, get get back, get back to Ivan. Get back to the war. Yeah, and then yeah, um, yeah. Like it's interesting too because like, I mean, especially like with the Cold War and everything, like people tend to forget that like Russia like really was heavily devastated by the Germans in World War Two. So like seeing the different side of of that conflict is really refreshing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. I rewatched The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Never seen it. <clears throat> uh, I saw this uh Christmas Day in 2008 in the theater. Haven't seen it since. Didn't mm. like it then. Mm. Uh liked it a lot more this time. It's good. It's mm. not amazing. It's probably I I'm going to rewatch I'm planning to rewatch Girl with the Dragon Tattoo before the weekend is over to see which one is his weakest film, Fincher's weakest film. Uh, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, I think that'd be Panic Room. <laughs> I love Panic Room. Sorry. It's all right. Fuck you, Kevin. As long as Alien Fine. 3 is nowhere near the... <laughs> That. I think <laughs> Alien Three is better than Alien Three than, uh, than these films. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but uh, I, I like a lot Panic. of people fucking hate Alien Three. Right, I like Panic Room quite a bit, but that's not that's neither here nor there. Didn't rewatch Panic Room. Rewatch Curious Case of Benjamin Button, mm. and uh, I will say that first of all, the uh, special effects work in this really holds up, and <laughs> anyone who says otherwise is out of their minds. It's this thing looks great still, and it's mm. shot digitally, and it looks fantastic. Um, this is right after uh, Zodiac. Zodiac, yeah. Mm. Oh, okay, oh. he did Zodiac, then this, then Social Network, and uh, I, the the negatives are are. I mean, like this is a fine film. It's you know, it's made very very well. It's clearly got like an insane budget. Uh, for those of us, or those of you who don't know, it's it's about a a man who ages backwards, whatever, uh, <laughs> played by Brad Pitt. And, uh, I'd say like the, the weak parts, the parts that really bring it down are like, it's, it's just a few things for one, this, uh, Kate Blanchett in this movie is just, I can't deal with her. She's, I, I hate her. And she's awful. I, and she's not like, it's not that her <laughs> performance is necessarily that bad. But the character she plays is so irredeemably cunty. I can't... Like, she treats the main character so poorly. And Benjamin Button in this movie is just someone who is, like, without sin. Like, he doesn't do anything wrong. Hmm. So he's he's a lot like Forrest Gump. Like, he's just... And their relationship is a lot like Forrest Gump and Ginny. Hmm. In that Ginny treats him like shit until the very end when she suddenly wants to fuck him and have his baby and everything, you know. But... Uh, and it's the same way here. Kate Blanchett just treats him like a piece of shit the entire movie 
and then all of a sudden she has this change of heart. She gets pregnant, and then he, of course, has to leave because I can't be a father to this girl. I'm going to become a child myself, and all, you know, and uh, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So Kate Blanchett, pretty brutal. But, Wait, so um, he's born old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that work? He's a baby, but he looks old. Okay, so he's small. Yeah, he's a baby. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I gotcha. And then when he grows up, he gets young. He gets like he gets bigger, but he's growing younger. So does yeah. it show him like? So when he's like man, baby. When he's yeah. like twenty. When he's like twenty, he looks like he's like seventy. Okay. Yeah. And then when he's like 70. in his sixties, he looks like he's like in his late twenties. Oh, okay. And then by the time he's real, real old, there's like one of the last scenes where you see Brad Pitt before he turns into like a child. He looks they like CG him, and he looks like he's like nineteen. And the, mm. the CG looks good. Cool. Like it looks all really good. You can tell it's being done because obviously, like he doesn't look like old Brad Pitt or like forty yeah. five year old Brad yeah, Pitt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, other thing that really bothers me about it is that it just feels like a very obvious attempt, like a concerted effort to get nominated for Academy Awards Mm -hmm. by Fincher Mm -hmm. and everybody involved. Like he hired Eric Roth to write the screenplay who wrote Forrest Gump uh, and, uh, and won the Oscar, I believe for that. Mm. And, you know, just has this very kind of uh, inoffensive, like compared to every other film that Fincher's ever made, this is like so like Disneyland inoffensive. Like nothing, you, you, there's no there's no grotesqueness really to this. Yeah. I mean, outside of the fact the baby is old and he looks kind of gross, you know. Mm. But it's like that's like a little, literally one scene, you know. And after that, he just turns into like this. He looks like an old man when he's like seven. Mm. He just looks like a short old man, and everybody <laughs> thinks he's an old man. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know. It just feels very disingenuous. Like this is not something Fincher's genuinely interested in. Seems He's like a really trying to make ridiculous idea. Oscars. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was based on like an F. Scott Fitzgerald like yeah. short story, and I haven't read it, but I don't. I don't it's know. Apparently, if it... doesn't share a lot of the. Um, mm. Like this movie's set in New Orleans. Yeah, everybody's got this like ridiculous. New Orleans accent. I'm from New Orleans. I went and I got on a steamboat. Like, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. But I will yeah. say, <laughs> Brad Pitt pulls it off, and mm. Brad Pitt is the uh, definitely the hero of the film. Like, he's he's great. His acting is phenomenal in this. And uh, for his performance alone, I'd probably recommend it. Uh, it is very long. It's two hours and 46 minutes long. Mm. But, it, uh, but I will say, it, like, it pretty much flies by. Like I don't have a problem with Fincher's lengths in any of his films, and all most of his films are pretty long, and uh, I don't have a problem with it. I think they're they justify it, and they're very entertaining, and they look great. So, yeah, just looking forward to checking out Girl with the Dragon Tattoo again to see if it's a, the pile of shit that I remember it being. <laughs> and you liked Gone Girl? I liked Gone Girl. You liked it? Okay. I think it's like it's like a lesser Fincher, but it's good. Yeah, you know. It's on like the same. It's probably like a little bit better than this. He has something coming soon, doesn't he? What is he working on now? He's working on World War Z two. Wow! And a movie called Strangers. World War Z two. Yeah, that's really a thing that's happening. According to his IMDb page, it's in development. He had nothing to do with the first one. Let me just no. go and throw up. Brad Pitt brought him <laughs> in for this one. Good God! So we'll see. But uh, <laughs> first one is just if it's rated R, laughs. I'm there. If it's rated R, I'm there. I agree. The first one's <laughs> awful, but whatever. Mm. Anyway, uh, that's yeah. that's it for me. Kevin, you have anything else? Uh, I also watched The Preacher's Wife, but, I mean, it's 
cute family comedy. That's, that's what'd you it. give it out of five? Two and a half. All right. So if you're interested in a Whitney Houston uh, Denzel family comedy mm-hmm. uh, from the '90s, especially you know for Christmas time, do you watch this alone? No, I okay. was. I was I, I'm just. Envi- I'm just envisioning like. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> no, I was showing it here at the library. Okay. 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 All right. Well, uh, that'll be it for what we watch. Let's get into our deep dive discussion of The Bad Sleep Well, directed by Akira Kurosawa from 1960. Kevin, would you like to uh, synopsize this summary or give a summary, summarize the film? Tell us what the film is about. So the film is about corruption in Japan, specifically between the between a construction company and the public housing and land development sector of the Japanese government. And it's also a story of revenge, loosely based on Hamlet. Loosely. Loosely. I would say... uh, I saw almost no within Within just a shred of a hair resemblance to Hamlet. I don't even know why they mentioned (laughs) it. Really? Yeah. I don't know, dude. Like I say, the Hamlet connection. Someone explain it to me. The Hamlet connection is so thin that I, I was like, literally, it was one of my notes. How is this Hamlet until the point when you're when it's revealed that yeah. who he is, that yeah. his father is whoever, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, so that's how it's Hamlet because he's the son of the guy who died. Yeah, and he's pretending, and he has, and you know, that's like, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and you know, he's like actually does fall in love with the with the. Does he girl ever kill? And, Pol- I mean, who is Polonius in this film? Does he kill? Pol- he doesn't kill anybody, so I don't think there is a Polonius. Well, there right? there is I mean, that guy that he like sends mad. Right? Is that you know, supposed like, to be Polonius? I I suppose, but you know, like, Wait, which guy? The uh, the guy like he he drags him up to the room where his father committed suicide. Yeah, that's and, right. That's like right, you yeah. know, makes him drink. Look, the you, can, you can either jump poison. out the was window the or you can drink this poison. Was, and then like he tries to force okay. it down his throat. The worst like, actor alive, that guy, the guy who he tries to push the the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy is. It's like it's just whiskey. And he's like, oh, like you don't know you're not dying. <laughs> Well, that's neither here. Well, no, like by that time he's like he, the shock, like yeah, of, he's like oh, he's, he's, like, he's mentally yeah. checked yeah. out. Yeah. That's yeah. not that's not, honestly that scene's not my problem. Like every other scene with that guy is my problem. Like that guy's was it, oh, hold on. was that the guy that was trying to kill himself on the volcano? No, no. Okay, okay. That, that was the, that's that was Wada. the older guy. Wada. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. This guy is the guy who was like who saw Wada's ghost, yeah, quote unquote, yeah. and then yeah, he's yeah. like. <gasps> I saw what the, oh my God. And he's like a fucking, he's just overacting. He's, he's horrible. Yeah. He's awful. But, uh, anyway, uh, that, that, I, you know, Jonathan, what'd you, the, obviously <laughs> Kevin, this is Kevin's pick. He loves this film. Jonathan, what'd you think about, uh, um, the bad sleep? Well, it's really long. Yeah. It's a little too long for me. Uh, I, I was, I was wondering about that. Cause two forty five would enter the void three hours you, with Inland Empire. Right. I complained about the length of Inland Empire. <laughs> um, I just, I felt like this could have been done a little quicker. Like, especially the beginning with the wedding scene, which is like 30 minutes long. And I don't know what the fuck's happening. And it's just like, it's introducing you to like 60 characters at once. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I agree with that. I was very confused by the wedding scene as and well. And it's in I, Japanese. And I, I'm like trying to read the subtitles, but I'm like looking at characters. I'm like, dude, like, no, seriously, like what's happening? Yeah. Like, I actually, I, I rewinded it like a couple of times just to read stuff. Uh, but I mean, that was probably my biggest problem is the first like 30 minutes. I felt like it was kind of a clusterfuck. Um, after that, it's pretty like obvious what's happening. And uh, after that, it kind of picks up for me. Uh, 
thought it was uh, pretty decent. Uh, I don't know, you know. Mm. I, I prefer his samurai stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen other films besides, like, is this your first non-samurai? This is the first non-samurai Me I've, too. I've seen. Me too. Mm. And um, uh, Mifune or Mifune? I don't Mifune. know. Mifune. Mifune, okay. Mm. Uh, he's great in this. Uh, I like to say Mifune. My <laughs> he's not like guttural and shit, you know, like he is in like Seven of Ten, right? He's not like he's definitely different, yeah, for sure. And yeah, like I can, think that's the biggest thing about him in this movie. Like he's so like meek and deferential, yeah. but then like you know he's like very we, good at and like when he grabs the guy off the volcano, like come on, do you want to die or you want revenge? I thought the volcano was extremely ridiculous, but uh, it's Japan, man. Come it is on. it is Japan, <laughs> but I did like the cultural like commentary of like mm. like these guys are killing themselves to like protect these other guys it's just like and I don't know, it's just weird like like who the fuck does that but it's like in japan it's like the whole honor system i guess yeah so you can kind of see like where that comes from yeah. but uh right in america i feel like they would just go straight to the corporate office and go like you're fucking under arrest uh there's no you know they're not going to send like lower people to like deflect shit you know i don't i don't know yeah. i don't know how it works in japan but uh well, like that scene where like the the guy get, like he gets out of jail, they give him the other warrant, and like I have a message for you. He says, "I know that you'll see this through to the end." That was my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. And then he fucking kills himself. Yeah, <laughs> jumps in front of a truck. <laughs> that was great. It reminds me of uh, actually. I was going to compare it to the Godfather earlier too with the wedding scene because I mean, mm. obviously, the Godfather opens with a very long wedding scene. Yeah, but uh, there's also the, the in Godfather Part Two. Uh, Tom Hagen goes to see the informant, the person who's ratting yeah. on the mob, and he convinces him to kill himself. He tells yeah. him, yeah. we'll take care of your family if you, if you, you know, that's stop. True. And yeah. he does. So that's a, that's an interesting kind of, uh, yeah. probably, probably an homage too. Cause I know Coppola is like a fucking Kurosawa head, you know, he's yeah. obsessed with him. So probably definitely. A- and they bring out the cake, the, uh, the building cake. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, why is everyone like, shocked by this building cake and then later on you find out like yeah yeah i agree though but that's that's a problem because it's like going into the film i don't understand what that means like there's like a rose in the window i don't know what is going on you don't know what's going on until like 45 minutes later usually i'm okay with that but it's like like i said it's like in japanese i'm like why are they like reacting to this (laughs) it it just kind of made me laugh i was like what is that like what's happening yeah and then yeah you don't get the payoff for like forever like oh okay oh okay 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 (laughs) oh okay okay um okay well i'll i'll share my thoughts (laughs) i um i'll just i'll say i didn't like it uh to start uh and that mainly because of the mainly because of the plot uh and I found the plot to be really, really convoluted and like all over the place. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Difficult to follow at times, and uh, there was so much. And I guess this is just a product of the time and how cinema was in Japan at that time. But there was so it felt like almost every line of dialogue was some type of exposition explaining what's going on in the plot. So there are so many scenes where. Like he sits somebody down and explains what he's about to do or what he just did or what this means or who they are or like, and it's just that kind of thing really drives me nuts. Like I, I'd rather it just like the visual language of the film tell me what's happening rather than characters explaining it. And so a scene like that wedding scene where 
the cake is brought in, that's like doubly confusing because like I don't want anybody to just like sit down and explain what's happening, but I also want to know what's going on. So like maybe that's the like something like that. I don't know. Like the like later on when they sent the uh, postcard with the picture of the building and the X on the window, mm. like that made more sense because by that time you know what's happening and you're like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. I get that. So. I feel like the wedding should have been in the middle of the movie or something. Right. And I, I don't, that wouldn't work. But I mean, it would have just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I also don't 100% understand the, like, him marrying the the woman. Like, I get he's he's marrying her to get in the good graces of the guy who he's trying to get revenge on. Yeah. But then, like, the idea that he, like, falls in love with her just seems, like, totally pointless. Like, why, why does that need, like, why does he need to have fallen in love with this woman? Like... Because all it to up the stakes. I mean, in what yeah, way though? I don't. I, now I, he's gonna. Now he's going out of his way to get revenge on this dude who yeah. essentially killed his father. But right. now he doesn't want to hurt this girl's feelings that he's genuinely in love with. Yeah, but see, that's. But it that's also works I'm, the other way as well. Like the girl is into him as well towards the end, and the girl and, says, "Do whatever you want," doesn't it? I mean, she basically gives him the the go ahead. No, but right? what, the 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 payoff at the end, end of the movie is the. The daughter and the uh, the son basically yeah, right. just disown the father. Sure, yeah. So it's like I don't think she would have done that had it you know had they not she felt something for him. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's like oh he used me. You know like why should I care about it? But like she ultimately does care about him. So it's like you know right. I you, guess I'm just saying like that like that kind of a like how the movie ends with <laughs> this guy gets his but his children disown him like. He's this guy's pretty fucking evil. Like he should probably get worse than his children not talking. Kind of like the ending, actually. It was pretty dark. He gets away. Like he just, it's just everything goes back to normal. Almost. I don't know. I just didn't. Well, I mean, he. Well, I guess he retires. He says he's retiring or something. Well, like the fact that he's able to retire when pretty much everybody else in this movie, when they re- retire, yeah. they're dead. Yeah. Right. So it's a pretty dark ending. Yeah, um, and like, uh, like, would you like? What do you think of like when? When they're going out to the uh, the ruins and like they pass that crashed car, mm-hmm. what'd you think of that when that came back around? Well, I I assume I was like they wouldn't be passing a crashed car unless it had something to do with the plot. Like they're not just you know oh we found this crashed car let's just film it. So like obviously it had something to do with it. And then they were like uh, that's another that that's right, was that the car that the the that Mifune was in? Yeah, that he uh, that they staged his death. They in. put alcohol in his blood with a syringe. Yeah, that's right. like the, when that scene the scene following that where his buddy is like freaking out and screaming about mm-hmm. how they yeah. did his death, <clears throat> like. That's the kind of like exposition I don't like. I don't want that. I would rather have seen that scene happen. Like I don't I, like this whole thing where like it feels like a play. It feels like, well, obviously you can't show a car crash in a play, so we'll just have this guy explain that the car crash happened after, and it just feels very like uncinematic to me. Like I don't want to see this. Like it's a like ten minute scene of this guy explaining <laughs> what happened, and he's he's writhing on the ground with the syringe. Oh, they stuck it in his arm, and then there's like a coat neatly laid out. They stuck it in his arm, and then they pulled it. It just feels very overly dramatic. It feels. For- <laughs> what was shocking to me as well is learning that this movie is from 1960, mm. and I'm like at this point in time, like there's Godard and stuff making just okay. Truffaut yeah, and Godard. Just, the French New Wave is coming yeah. into full effect. Yeah, and I'm just like, this is just like 1945. Right. Like you know what I mean? Like this is like dated yeah. at this point. But I mean, I, I don't rag on. It. I, I gave it like a three and a half. I uh, I enjoyed a lot of parts of it, and uh, 
I don't know. We haven't really gotten Kevin's thoughts at Again, all. Again, M- so, Mifune, Mifune was fantastic in this. I liked him a lot. Kevin, what do, you, what do you feel about this film? For me, this movie is a five out of five. I love the way the plot is staged. You know, I don't mind the exposition and everything. Like, I love Mifune's acting. Um, uh, Takeshi Shimura, like, he was he's was great. Uh, he's the one who's, like, he's kind of saddled with the guy who's, like, like, Iwabuchi tells him, like, take care of him like you know do oh, okay, do something yeah, yeah. with him and um and yeah especially like watching it watching it again and like uh seeing like how everything is so like for me well laid out and um yeah just the like I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> I just—it's ineffable. You just—you just love this movie. Yeah, I. Yeah. Is this your favorite Kurosawa film? No, Throne of Blood is definitely my favorite, but this is easily number two. Okay, that's very interesting. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm afraid I can't let it go. Well, you're gonna have to explain a little bit more why you like this movie. I mean, comparing this to like Rashomon is like. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is exactly. like different planets. Like Rashomon is a masterpiece. It is so subtle and so like. See, I disagree. Like, I like I, Rashomon, I but I, 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 I don't enjoy it as much as like. I like Yojimbo or Throne of Blood. I like or, Rashomon way more than Throne of Blood. Like Throne of Blood has cheesy elements in it too, and like. Well, so does. Man. So does Rashomon. I don't. I, I disagree. Rashomon is like uh, a, a very tasteful, well crafted film whereas i mean throwing a blood is too to an extent but there are like moments in throwing a blood that are just kind of ridiculous and and this movie obviously is just chock full of these ridiculous moments <laughs> i mean i i get i i tip my hat to him for doing something outside of the genre of samurais but i don't know i mean has he done anything else outside of the realm <laughs> yeah like, like what have stray you, dog high and low have you guys seen dreams? any dreams yeah high and low is really Ik- good yeah, oh, Ikiru, yeah, yeah, heard of that. Lots of mo- I say most of his films aren't samurai films. Really? Yeah. yeah, but I haven't seen any of them except this one. <laughs> yeah, I think like I want to see High and Low. That's the one I I, I was trying to watch it before this episode, but mm. we had all this you know trouble mm. getting us together. But um, yeah, I really want to see High and Low, and I think that uh, I don't know. I just feel, it just feels like something that'll be like another another problem I guess I have with this movie is that. The story of it, like the not not so much the story of this guy wanting to get revenge, like that's fine, that's you know that's archetypical, but like the the idea of uh, like what it is, like there's this corporation that's you know killing people in order to make more money. It's just like that kind of thing doesn't really do much for me. So something like High and Low, where it's about a kidnapping and it's more of a conventional crime thriller, I think that'll be like more up my alley. You know, maybe yeah. Well, I like, think this movie is really like talking about Japanese culture, though. Like it's this shit had yeah, to have happened or something. Mm-hmm. Like because well, it is a, it's it's pretty outlandish from the from a Western well, they, standpoint. They, but. they talk about that in the like behind the scenes thing. Like apparently this movie was like super controversial yeah, in Japan has, because yeah. like this this kind of thing like really was happening. And like I don't know if like corporations or like yakuza were like getting involved, but like it was. Almost, almost on that level. The fact yeah. that they're exposing exposing corruption and all that kind of stuff. I read uh, part of Kurosawa's Wikipedia page at uh, work the other day, and apparently Oshima doesn't like him 
because he said that he panders to Western audiences. I oh. I can easily see why Oshima would like. I mean, look at Oshima's movies. Like, uh, I like Oshima's movies though. <laughs> no, I, I, I like Oshima, Oshima makes <laughs> Oshima makes great movies. Um, well, that's, that's not even fair because I didn't like. Uh, yeah, you didn't like Mr. Merry Lawrence. Christmas, yeah. Mr. Lawrence, yeah, but but you really liked uh, Night and Fog in Japan. Loved Night and Fog in Japan. Yeah. Really want to see his other. I want to see his like s- uh, sexual ones, like uh, yeah, in the realm, realm of the senses. And, yeah, we apparently had a copy of that in the system, but it's been like like somebody took it and of course never they're jerking off to it. it every day. It's uh, it's on. They're all on. Uh, every film, film he's like ever done is on Filmstruck. So okay. You want to check them That's out? That's how I watch this. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Me, too. Me too. Yeah. Well, I have. I still have it. I have it until the thirteenth, so mm. I canceled it. But I have it until the thirteenth. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, uh, I don't know. It just didn't. Just, this one just didn't do it for me, Kevin. I'm sorry. You know, I you can okay. o- you can only watch and enjoy something if you enjoy it. You know, and I just didn't enjoy it. But it's nothing. If you didn't enjoy it, you didn't enjoy exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Stop being so defensive, Kevin. God, man! <laughs> like I can't believe you. <laughs> I mean, anything else to add to this? Oh, the score is horrible. The score is uh, the music. Come on, like the thing that he whistles when that comes in, and it's actual part of the score. Like it's so goofy. It feels like a Disney movie from 1960. It feels like a Kurt Russell, like the computer who wore tennis shoes. I've like heard way. I've heard way worse. Well, me too. But that doesn't mean it's. It's not very bad. jarring. It comes out of nowhere. It's just random to me. Like what the dun, fuck? Dun, dun, dun. It's just like it's it does not match the Again, film at all. it just feels yeah. dated. Um Kevin doesn't mind at all. He loves that score. I don't I don't think the score like I don't love the score, but I don't think it detracts from the movie. It's really not a lot of music in the movie. Yeah, I mean I like <clears throat> personally I prefer like the kind of noir y sax stuff that happens more towards the beginning. Mm. But like I would have preferred like, that too. Like the for me, the rest of the movie more than makes up for that. Okay. Like that's that's not even on my radar. All right. Fair enough. It detracts for me severely. What do you give it? I'm going one. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. This movie was a chore to get through. You kind of, uh, this movie was, uh, I can't go under like a two and a half, dude. I mean, there's, 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 there's stuff in this that's decent. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll listen to any argument about <laughs> stuff that's decent in this movie. Jonathan, tell me. What is decent? So, I mean, some of the because of the cultural criticism. I guess. Yeah, there's cult. I mean, that's. I mean, it's pretty evident, and uh, okay. some of the camera work's pretty decent. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a. It's not. It looks dir- good. I'd say the direction of the film is not a problem. Yeah. I think it's competently directed. It's certainly not like interesting in any way. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like very like. Oh, <laughs> well, that's. A, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like legit. Like it's just it's well directed. I guess like it you know tells its story, but yeah. like there's no like amazing you know. I mean, he's done some amazing camera stuff. He's the first person to shoot the sun on film in, really? in Rashomon. What? Oh, that's uh, right. When they're going through the woods and there's cameras on the Wow. So, I mean, that's he's he's certainly a, a great filmmaker. I'm not saying anything against Kurosawa. It's just that this one is a dud for me. It just doesn't work. And uh, I found it I found it so taxing. And, and I hate to use the word boring to describe any movie, but this was like I, – I was a chore. Man. I did watch it in two parts. I watched it in – Three parts. <laughs> God. Well, it's not, and that's not because I would have watched the whole thing in a sitting, but like I just didn't have time, so I watched yeah. like thirty mm-hmm. minutes of it, and then I watched another thirty minutes of it, and then I watched the last hour and a half of it, and it is it is insanely long. Does this feel long to you, Kevin? Two and a half hours? No, like no, man. No? He Come just on. watched Inland Empire. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like well, also, Inland like, Empire is long, right? 
Yeah, but too it's, long. Yeah. Okay. Is is Enter the Void too long? Yeah. Okay, but this movie's God, not yes. too long. This movie actually has stuff going on. It's not just random weirdness or just random masturbatory shots of Tokyo from above. Beautiful shots of Tokyo. <laughs> I'm like right. In the, that, I'm now, like right in the middle of you two. I'm like. I'm like. He's got a point. Nah, he's got a point. God <laughs> damn it! Like I like Enter the Void, but I kind of hate it. <laughs> I like parts, but I hate part of it. Well, now you know how I felt watching Master. Yeah, I well, I mean, but because that's too fucking long. It's not interesting. The Master? Yeah, I disagree. Oh, God, <laughs> no, man. I I get that. Seymour Hoffman is an acting was an acting god. He is he is great in that movie. He is fantastic. But the plot goes nowhere. He does carry it on his shoulders. It's not about the plot though. That film's about a character study. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a character study of yeah. like. So okay. how is he any different from having? Met this cult. Who? Joaquin Phoenix. That's the whole point, is that he's not different. He doesn't change. So what's the point? What's he's like the point sociopathic. Of ha- the point is Philip Seymour Hoffman believing his bullshit. Yeah. That's, he's, he's, he's gradually, he's like, yeah, this is real. <laughs> it's, just as much about, it's just as much about his character as it is about Joaquin yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a two-part. Like, it's not about I, one character. And talk have, about a beautiful film. Just like every shot is a postcard in that film. Oh <laughs> this my is the God. reason everybody's doing the fucking 75 exactly, millimeter. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly uh, Kenneth Brown is like, oh, I did 70 millimeter before <laughs> anybody. I'm doing 70 now. <laughs> Tarantino, oh, yeah, I was about to do that anyway. I'll just go ahead and do that. <laughs> we're, on the next we're, buddies. we're buddies. Right, we're buddies. Like me and PT, we're, we're like, we have like a friendly rivalry. Like, go fuck yourself. Go, go, I swear to God, go watch like 20. PT uh, PT Anderson interviews. He never fucking mentions uh, Tarantino once. <laughs> in fact, in the Charlie yeah. Rose in the Charlie Rose interview for Boogie Nights, he specifically Charlie Rose says, "Is uh, Tarantino must be an influence for you?" He's like, "No, not really." <laughs> <laughs> but I still gave the master a two. <laughs> two? Oh Good man, because that's all it deserves. Yeah, but if you, I agree. I agree. Okay, I love that movie. That I, rating. I can't, okay, I can't. let me say this then. Can't do that. that rating seems ridiculously high then for what you're saying about <laughs> the film. And what's good about it? What gives it two stars? It does look pretty. It Seymour Hoffman does do a great job. A- Amy Adams does a great job in that movie. Yeah, yeah she does. Everybody does a great job. But it's movie. too long, and did there's you like not. Joaquin there's in not. It? Yeah. Yeah. But. When he breaks there's the not there's not enough to actually care about in that movie. Wasn't that under no, there are no there are no stakes. It's like okay, he's there and like, you know, they're kind of abusive but not really. And it's like so why why do I give a shit? Jonathan, make your pick the master for next year. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> force him to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in years. But, uh, I'm just kidding. I want to continue it, liking it. It's though, a masterpiece. So gonna... <laughs> no, rewatch it, you will. I'm sure I will. Uh Kevin's an anomaly. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, I, I gave uh, I gave this movie a one. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like overly judgmental about it. I just didn't like like I, if ratings are entirely subjective. Yeah, I I yeah, like I, mean, I liked if, this movie one star out of five. Like I did not enjoy watching it. Not gonna at lie, all. it was extra jarring watching this in between two Star Trek movies. <laughs> it was like extra jar. It was like like there's explosions and fucking teleporting, and then it's just like. And just black and white <laughs> people <laughs> just speaking Japanese to each other. <laughs> Political intrigue. Yeah. Which I like a lot. Like, I usually like that, but I, I agree with John a little bit. Like, it, it was a little boring. It's a little long. 
but uh, so you gave it a three and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a three. A three. You oh, you, you, you whittled me your, down just oh. a little. <laughs> uh, sorry, Kev. <laughs> you're, you're bringing up good points. Okay, but well, we I got mean, a new Jordan over here. Uh, oh! Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> no, no. You you brought down you brought down uh, Inland Empire from a five. To four and a half. Uh, I, last did, week. I did. I did. And I will, I will say that. <laughs> so you're the Jordan. <laughs> I'm not the Jordan. That's you're both Jordans. Jordans. I'm not going to defend myself. That's fine. We're both Jordans. We're a couple of Jordans over here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for our show this week. Uh, so for next week, it's going to be my pick. Yeah. And we are going to finally get Jonathan to watch William Friedkin's little talked about masterpiece, The uh, Bug from 2006. <laughs> the Bug. The Bug. 2006, uh, Bug starring Michael Shannon and uh, Ashley Judd. Sweet. And Harry Connick Jr. And it mm. is great. And I, I can't I think you wait. wanted to say The Exorcist. No. The Bug. <laughs> the Bug. <laughs> no, it's called Bug. Uh, it's Have really you terrific. It? No. You should cool. uh, really check it out if you have a chance before the next this episode. This is highly talked about. You, you By, from lo- me. You love this. <laughs> yeah, I do like it a lot, yeah. Okay. I've seen it many times. Mm. I rewatched Recently? it. Yeah, I rewatched it in the last two years, maybe. Cool. You've got a dryer sheet hanging out of your pants, bud. Do I? On the right side. There it is. Sweet. Well, That's at least funny. he's fresh. That's true. Um, so join us next time. Uh, we don't have any feedback this week either because nobody loves us. So if you want to write into the show and get in touch with us and ask us questions, write to us at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Check out our website and our blog at filmyakpodcast.com and until next time watch movies have a good one talk about stuff enjoy life don't watch the bad sleep well unless you want to go to sleep I'm just kidding (laughs) don't watch the master unless you want to just ruin two hours of your life (laughs) oh man well we'll see you guys next time for more film yak